The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masichet Sota has been dedicated by our good friends and Talmud, Mr. Haimi and Dina Dana, for the success of their children and especially the Fuashirema Moshe Ben Dina. and we are going to begin uh, three, four, five lines from the bottom, starting from the word Gufa. Gufa! Tana Ababere Derab Nyamin Marhiya Am Shahore Kohanim Ena Bechlal Berachas. We learned earlier, as we know, anytime you see a Gufa, Gufa is quoting a statement there already. We had learned earlier the Am that is behind the Kohanim are not included in the Beracha, which you have to be in front of the Kohanim. So comes the Gemara and says, Peshita, it's clear. Let's say you have a tall guy standing in front of a short guy. He's not going to be mafsik. So long as they're both in front of the Kohanim, one person standing in front of another is not going to be a hefsek, a barrier uh, to the fellow. Now, teva lo mafsika. As a matter of fact, the teva itself also, the furniture in the Knesset is not going to be mafsik between the um, person that's getting the beracha and the kohanim. Me'itza mai. But what about a situation where there's a wall of some sort? So comes again and says, Tashemata mara b'yoshua b'nevi afilu me'itza shel barzel. Even a iron curtain, an iron wall, cannot separate between Bnei Yisrael and Avim Shemashamayim. Now the question is, why is this wall up? So the Tosafot on the bottom post says, Yeshua Dedavka Bedelo Anisi Kamebayadeh. Which we talk about over here, where in a case where there's no anus, which means they put the wall up, even they didn't have real circumstances to put it up. But if they had an onus, which means if they had a circumstance where there were uh, you know, no other way for them to do it, but put up this wall, for sure, it's not going to be worse than the farmers that are in the field that we said if they couldn't make it to synagogue, the Birkat Kwanim goes on them. So if they needed to put up a wall for extenuating circumstances, and they're in the shul, they're at least in the synagogue, so certainly it's going to be okay. So the Hanush of the even in the case where there was an extenuating circumstance, they put up a wall anyway. There is no hefsek uh, between the Jewish people and Avihem Sheba Shamayim. Uh, I once heard uh, somebody uh, came along and said that Afilu Barzel Ben Yisrael, which means it's talking about in the Derash that two Jews. Jews are supposed to obviously have camaraderie and get along and have shalom. So it says, nothing can separate Jews, even a wall of Barzel, a filum of Barzel, and a mafsekat ben Yisrael, cannot divide 
the Jewish nation to each other. So long as what? So long as all the people are Lashem Shamayim, then nothing is able to stand in between them. And then even comes again now with the question. No. Famous question in the Kat What about the people that are standing off to the sides? Okay, so they're not directly in front of the Kohanim, they're on the sides of the Kohanim. What is the status? So comes again and says, Amar Abba Mor Barab Asher. Tashema Ditnan. We have a Mishnah. Now, this Mishnah over here actually is by the laws of Para Aduma. Now we know that the law of Paraduma is that we sprinkle the special waters and have the ashes of the Paraduma on either a human being to purify him or on a vessel that became Tameh. So now the question is like this. Let's say the Kohen or the Mazet. His intention was to sprinkle a vessel that was in front of him. But what happened? But it got, something got sprinkled from behind him. There was a vessel behind him as well. So with the intention to sprinkle forward, he ended up sprinkling backwards, and it landed on a keli. That she says on the top line, Right behind it was clean that he did Or the opposite case, He intended to sprinkle behind him, And he ended up sprinkle, sprinkling forwards in front of him. No good. Hazah is no good. Why? Because she first line has atu pesulat debayin and kavana letarin kavana kedichtiv viza tahor alatameh shiem itkavendo. Which is you have to have kavana to the item that you're speaking. You intending to go forward. The word ends up going backwards. No good. Now the Gemara says lefanav. Let's say he intended to sprinkle in front of him viza alatzdadim shebefanav. But instead of the waters going straight in front of him, they went off to the sides. There was a keli on the side as well. Comes the Gemara says So what do you see over here? That side is considered front. And it's considered that he had kavana for the front, because that's what his kavana was, the fanab. And even though it went to the stadim, so you see that stadim is considered the fanab for para aduma. So similarly for koanim, that just like we said before, that the people have to be panim el panim, but stadim is considered the fanab. Therefore, the people that are standing on the sides of the koanim will also be a yotze in the beracha. Now, there is some laws that have to be uh, clarified on this over here. When we say lefanav, or we say letzdadim, it's obvious that if the people that are on the sides are be behind the kohanim on the sides, which means they're really like you can draw a diagonal towards where the kohen is to the guy on the side, for sure the Gemara is saying that's okay. Maran bet Yosef holds that not only if they are behind, but even if they are Parallel, which means you could draw a straight line right. from the face of the Kohen to the person that's on the side, so he's not by he's equal to his uh, to the width or, or actually to his face. That's also considered stadim, and therefore it's also considered mutan. However, in that case, Maran stipulates that the Kohen should turn his body towards the Kohen. When normally everybody's standing facing the hechal, right? But in the case where you're parallel with the Kohen on the side then you turn yourself to the Kohen. Now, the question was asked in the Halakha, just to, because uh, we're talking about Stadim, a lot of times in the synagogues, there's people that are on the sides. There's a lot of Kohanim. So, 
the Kohanim extend not only uh, you know uh, beyond them, but also past them on the other side, which means they are now in the middle of the Kohanim. It's going in front of them, and there's Kohanim behind them. So the question is, do the guys on the Stadim have to walk out of their seats to go beyond the, behind the Kohanim all the way? Or do we say, listen, since there's some Kohanim in front of them, it's okay. The halakha, they're okay. They do not have to move from their positions. Why? Because the whole logic is that when the, the concern was that when a person, let's say, is standing um, in front of the Kohanim, that shows he's not interested in the Berakha. That's why he doesn't get the Berakha. Because if he was concerned, he wouldn't be lazy. He'd move, you know, to be, to have the Kohanim in front of him. Mm-hmm. In this case, he has Kohanim in front of him. So it doesn't show that he's lazy or delinquent. Happens to me there's so many Kohanim, so they also extend uh, beyond him. But they will have so Even if he's on the sides, it would be okay. Comes again with Amar Different Alakha. Baravuna Kivan. Shriftah Sefer Torah. Once the Sefer is opened, so they open the sefer to read it in the sibur asul saper. No more talking. Afilu bedvar halacha. And even when it comes to talking the vrei Torah, shne emar ubefitcho, which is when Isaiah Sofer opened the sefer Torah to read it, amdu kol am. Now this oh, amdu doesn't mean they stood. Ve'en amida ela shetika. This amida means they were silent. Shne emar ve'ochalti. Which is I waited. That's what it means to wait. Kilo yidaberu. They stopped talking, or they did not uh, respond. Because the Pasuk says that the ears of the entire nation have to be paying attention to the Sefer Torah. So basically, once the Sefer Torah is opened, there is no more talking, even conversing in Al-Akhara. Tosafot over here comes along and says, the, the Tosafot, Kevan Sheneftach, Kevan Sheneftach, Sefer Torah, Asul Esapir, Afil B'dhar Al-Akhara, Makshinu Mepirik Kamad Barakot, Tosafot has a question from Gemara Barakot Dabhet, Damar Av Sheshat, it says over there, Havam Adir Apeh Vigaris, Rav Sheshat, when he used to take out the Sefer Torah, he would turn his face from the Sefer Torah, and he would learn. During the Sifat, Amar inu bedidu v'anan bedidan. They're doing their thing, I'm doing my thing, he would say. Umatzinu lememar. One answer you can say is the mehadir apeh shani. That maybe the difference is he turned his face. Which is maybe the whole concern is when you're facing the Sifat Torah and talking, maybe that's the issue. But if you turn your head away from the Sifat right. before they open the Sifat, so that can be mutan. Okay. He was learning, but the Gebel HaSuri can't even learn. But he was, he was goddess. No, no, not only talking, even the Varadaka, but he was learning it. The Varadaka, I told him, he said, it's a suit. Now we say he turned his face. Inam me, Rav Sheshat Shani, Mishumi, Mishum Dhabi, Meori Ainayim. Rav Sheshat was blind. And therefore, Vaya Patum Kriya. He's Patur from hearing the Kriya. You know why? Because Varadaka says, anything that's written, you're not allowed to read by heart. And then, since he's a blind man, so really he's not allowed to hear the Sefer Torah. Uh, by heart, because he only can read it Bikhtab, <coughs> since he was Patulab, he was able to learn even during uh, the Sefer Torah. Then he comes along and says uh, further, in another answer, Miu, Mistavrak, Prushlah, Prushadab Dav, Karab Sheshat, Vechayotsebo, De Torato, Umanuto. Third answer, Dav Sheshat was special. He was a man that was considered Torato, Umanuto. He did not waste a minute of his time, only did he study Torah all day long. So for Torah, Umanuto, a guy, so long as there are other people in the synagogue, in the Sefer Torah, he uh, was able to learn. And therefore, according to that answer, since today we do not have that level of Torato, Umanuto, therefore, Halakha says when they take out the Sefer Torah, everybody should pay attention to the reading itself, not to read, not to learn, not to study Halakha, not to do anything, just to pay attention totally to the reading of the Sefer itself. Comes again, but I continues. 
ואמר בירושו בן נביא, כל כהן שלא נטל ידיו, לא יישא את כפיו. כהן, who does not wash his hands before the ברכת כהנים, should not go up, ונשאו את כפיים, שנאמר, שאו ידיכם קודש, ובעריכו את השם. שאו ידיכם קודש, and sanctify your hands to make them holy, and then, bless God. Now, there is a famous opinion of Harambam, that's put down in the Shohan Aluk, that says that if a Kohen washed his hands already for Nitlai Yadam Shachrit, the regular Nitlai Yadam that we make, and was careful that his hands did not become soiled or dirty till the time of the Kohen, he can rely on that washing. Lalakha Maran does not take that opinion, and he says, even though a Kohen washed his hands in the morning for Nitlai Yadam, still, he must go wash again. We only rely on Harambam's opinion in a case where, let's say, there's no water, or let's say... Uh, the, like we have in a case yesterday, the Kohen was the Hazan. So if the Kohen is the Hazan, he's the only Kohen in the synagogue. So he can't uh, walk away from his Hazara now and make the Tilat Yadayim. But we said he makes Kohanim if he's able to go back to the Tefillah. So in that case, somebody can rely on the Rabbah Shita that says the Tilat Yadayim is uh, okay. But if not, if it's in a regular situation, the Kohanim must watch it. The custom is that the Levi washes the hands of the Kohanim. If there's no Levi, then the Bechor. Uh, is the custom to wash the hands of the Kohanim. Comes the Gemara says, "Shalu tamid avit Rabbi Azar ben Shamua." The students asked Rabbi Azar ben Shamua, "Bema erachta yamim?" What do you credit your long life to? It seems he lived a long life. So what, what did you do to merit long life? Amar lem yamai lo asiti bet keneset kapandraya. I never made the bet keneset a shortcut, which means kapandraya uh, is a uh, an acronym uh, that she tells us. Which means, instead of uh, circumventing the whole uh, row of houses, I'll enter this house and go across. Which is another way of saying a shortcut. Now you don't have to make the synagogue a shortcut, because it's not respect. That Al-Khan says it's forbidden. So then the question then is, they're asking the rabbi, to what you credit your long life to, so say, I never made a bet kinesis kapadriya. It's a suit to make a bet kinesis kapadriya. So therefore, you know, and nobody's allowed to do that. And the explanation is, even in cases where it's permissible, he was, he was mahmid, for example, Allah says, let's say a person went into the synagogue to learn. But, and after he finishes his learning, now he wants to go and take the shokan, it's mutar. Because he didn't go in for that purpose, he went in to learn. So even in cases where it was permissible, Rabbi Azar bin Shamu'ah was Mahmir. Hence, uh, God gives him a long life. What's the second thing he did? I did not step on the heads of the holy nation. What is this referring to? In the olden days, they used to study the students when they were sitting on the floor. So if a rabbi would come into the shiur after everybody was seated already, what happened is he would be walking between the people. It would look like he's stepping on their heads because they're all sitting on the floor and he's above them and he's, you know, he's uh, putting his feet you know, in between them so it's not kabod. Oh, so you tell me, it's a suit to do that. Anyway, it is a suit to do that. So the question is, well, what was he getting long life? So explanations, even in the case where it was permissible. What would be a case uh, it, was, it was permissible? One the rabbi wants to explain, for example, they were sitting on benches where really it would be mutad, but still, he didn't want to give the impression that he was giving lack of respect. All, let's say, that he was, uh, he was the one that was giving the shi'ud. He was the one that was giving the shi'ud, so he needs to get to the, uh, to the front. Where it would be mutad, let's say, still, he did not uh, break the law. The next thing he did was, <laughs> he was a Kohen. I never made the Kat Kohen without a Beracha. Uh, the question is, uh, is, is not a Kat, so you have to make a Beracha? So I saw different interpretations of it. Some want to say that the Beracha of the Kat Kohanim was originally not a mandatory Beracha. 
Why? Because you don't make a beracha on a beracha. Berkat Kulim is a beracha. For example, Berkat Tamazon. Do you make a beracha before you make Berkat Tamazon? Why not? Berkat Tamazon is deoraita. So maybe before you say Berkat Tamazon, you'd say, Shirk and the Sharat of Sivanu, Levarech Berkat Tamazon. Barukata. Ella, what's the explanation? You don't make a beracha on a beracha. So with Berkat Kulim is a beracha. So therefore he says, even though I'm not obligated to make the beracha, I still was makpeed to make the beracha. That's one interpretation of what we're saying over here. There's another interpretation uh, to this. What does it mean that he always made the beracha of Berkat Kulim? The Beracha Berkat Kohanim, the Berachas we're going to see now is, Levarechet Amo Yisrael Be'ahava. That the Kohen, the prerequisite, before you can get up to make the Beracha, he has to love the people that he's making the Beracha. He's not allowed to have any, any uh, uh, you know, uh, animosity or any hatred, things like that. And if he has it, he cannot make the Beracha. So therefore, the greatest of Rebbe Azabachon was saying, I never did not make the beracha, which means he always had ahava to Klai Yisrael, he was always able to make the beracha, which that's already a single for Arikut Yamin. Uh, comes the, other than fact, you want to say that this was not referring to the beracha of, the mandatory beracha of Ashik Kedashan, we'll see, but it's referring to these other Yehirat sons and the Bonosh Shil Olam that the Kohen has to say before he goes up to the Dukhan, and when he comes down from the Dukhan. Those are Voluntary. So what he meant to say that I never made the kat kohanim without a beracha. He's saying not the regular beracha. The beracha, of course, you have to say according to those opinions. It explains those pre berachot and post berachot. He also was careful to say that. Now the Gemara is going to say, "My mevarech." What is the beracha that the kohanim say? Amar Rav Yisrael, Amar that you sanctified us with the sanctity of Aaron and Sivanu. You command us to barek et amo Yisrael be'ahaba. And you command us to bless the Jewish people be'ahaba. The numerical value of the word ahava is 13. And therefore, when you have ahava on both sides, we have two Jews that are exuding ahava to each other. So it's 13 and 13 is 26. That means the Shekhinah is. And that's what the Pasuk means. When a person has ahavat, what's the next two words? Ani Adonai. Which means, I am Hashem. Which means, when there is ahava, 13 and 13, indeed, Ani Hashem. Comes the Gemaran says, Ki akar When the Kohen moves his legs to go up to the Dukhan, like we learned at the time of Ritzeh, that's already the Kohen has to make his move up to the Dukhan. So when he's making that move, my Omer, what does he say? That this blessing that you've commanded us to bless the Jewish people, right? There should not be a stumbling block and it should not be which means you should succeed in order to make the beracha in the proper way which means if the Kohen has a sin so then his beracha is not going to be accepted and therefore the people are not going to get the beracha so he's praying to Borei Olam that they should be worthy that their sins do not interfere with the beracha that they are trying to give now the question is when are they going to make this special Yiratzon so the problem is, if they're going to make it on the way up, they're not going to be able to answer Modim der Banan. So therefore, Adachah says that they should answer Modim der Banan first, and they have to finish Modim der Banan. So by that time, they're really, really up to the Dukhan, and they should say this Yiratzon. Again, at this point over there, you have to keep in mind, they're facing still their Chal. They did not turn around yet. They're still facing their Chal. When they say this, Yiratzon, Vichim, Adir, Apim, 
which is, and when they turn their faces from the Sibur, what do they say? Which means, after they make Mirkat Kuanim, now during Mirkat Kuanim they're facing the people. Now this should be noted, somebody made a, a good point, how important Mirkat Kuanim is, that we even allow the Kuanim to put their backs to the Hechal which is something that we take very seriously. You need a hetet to do such a thing. And on a daily basis, it's by the Sfanadim, the Kuanim are putting their backs to the Echad. That shows you the importance of the Birkat Kuanim. That after Birkat Kuanim is over, they turn around and their faces are back towards the Echad. At that moment, they make a Birakha. They make a special tefillah. What is that tefillah? My Omer, what do they say? Ad Berer, Rav Chazdal, Rav Ugma. One time, Rav Chazdal was escorting, they're walking together, that's Ad Berer. Rav Chazdal with... Rav Ukba, Vidarash, and he said, Ribono Shel Olam, Asinu Mash Gazarta Alenu. Right? Ribono Shel Olam, we did what you commanded us to do. You commanded us to bless the people. We did it. Ase Imanu Mash Tahtanu. Now you please God, promise, do what you promised us. Hashkifa Mimeon Kochekam and Ashamayim, look from the heavens where you are, Ubarech et Amecha Yisrael, and bless. The nation, which means God promised in the Berachah, like we learned to quote the Akiva when it says, God says, You put your hands on the people with my name, and I guarantee I will bless them. I will bless the people. See, the blessing of the people is twofold. The Kwanin bless them, and Shekhinah gives them the Berachah as well. So, so God, after the Berachah is over, the Kwanin say, Listen, we did what we had to do. Now you fulfill your end of the deal that what? That you're going to bless the Jewish people. So the Kohanim are concerned still about us. They're not asking for their own beracha. You promised to bless them. So now, now that we did our job, fulfill the end of the pasuk, and I will bless the, the uh, people. Comes again, Rav Zamar of Hazda. And the Kohanim, the Shem Lachuf, Keshvets, Bautehem, Ach Yazub, Penem, and Asimur, which is the Kohanim are not to put their hands down and close their hands. That means to bend their hands. When the Kohanim are making the beracha, their hands are open, as we learned. So when are they allowed to put their hands on? Only after they turn around, which is after Birkat Kunim is over, so long as they're still facing the Sibur, their hands must be up. However, after that they turn around, once they turn around, their back is to the Sibur, then already they're able to lower their hands. Now we talk about over here the, uh, the, um, the timing of everybody involved in the Birkat Kwanim. Now you have different players over there. You have the Hazan, that's the Makre, that's the one that's reading the words to the Kwanim. You have the Kohanim that are responding. You have the Kahal that's answering Amen to the Beracha. So basically what the Gemara is going to teach us, everybody has to be on cue. That everybody has to wait for the next guy to finish his word and his response and his amen before he starts his next uh, his next move. Amar of Hazda, in a kohanim, the kore should not uh, read the words to the kohanim. amen He's got to wait till atov hodot. They answer amen. Now he says the word kohanim. Then a kohanim l'shem that chid beberacha. And the Kohanim have to be patient not to say the word until the Koreh 
finishes, which means he'll say v'yishmerecha. They have to wait till the v'yishmerecha. The word is finished. Then they respond. Not like sometimes the klanim are in a rush because they are tired. Their hands are up, so they cut the uh, reader off and they say, "Well, you have to wait." That is sibur's cue. They cannot answer amen to the word until the kohanim are finished. Not like sometimes the sibur answers amen as the kohanim are saying it. Have to wait. And then what? Then a kohanim nashim that chidme beracha acheret ad sheichle amen mepi a sibur, and they cannot begin the last beracha, which means. As we learned, when after the Kwanim is over, when they say, Vyasim Necha Shalom, they have to make the Sabun Awalamim, Asita Amash, Gazal Ta'alinu, and all that. They do not say that, Beracha, until the Amen of their Shalom, the last word that they said, is so everybody's waiting for each other. Now, it should be noted that uh, these Berachot that the Kwanim say before they go up or while they're going up and after they finish they're supposed to time themselves that their Beracha their, their Beracha as they're going up will finish with the Beracha and therefore the Amen that the Sibur is saying goes on that and that Yehirat Son that the Kwanim just made as well as the last Beracha they're supposed to say that slow enough that it'll finish simultaneously with the Sim Shalom Beracha. So therefore when the people answer Amen on Sim Shalom, it's going on that, the Bona Olamim as well. Comes and goes, Amar Ibizir, Amar Ibizda, Ena Kohanim, Rashaim, Lazir, Pinehem, and Asibur, Achi Atlis Shaliyah Sibur, Besim Shalom. That's right. Which means, the Kohanim are allowed to turn themselves back around until the Hazan starts with Sim Shalom. Which is, even though they finish, V'yasem, Nechash, Shalom, they have to stand in position. Once the Hazan starts Sim Shalom, then they're able to turn their backs to the Sibur. V'enam Rashim la'akor agdem v'nedech ad Sibur Sim Shalom. And they can't go back to their seats until the Hazan finishes the Beracha of Sim Shalom. That's why you see the Kohanim always wait by the Dukhan until after the Beracha Sim Shalom is over, then they're able to return to their positions. We're talking about a fellow over here, he's going up to the Sefer Torah, so he's making the Kata Torah. So again, everybody has to be on cue, because again, you have players, you have the guy who's making the Beracha, you have the Sibur. So everybody has to wait for each other in order to, before they read their parts. So therefore, the Sibur should not answer Amen until the guy finishes the Beracha. Sometimes they say they're rushing. The guy's saying, Baruch Atah Hashem, as you sing the Torah, the people are answers. have to wait. Yeah, but specifically, again, in the case where, that's what I'm saying, where you have a couple of different players, you have a Sibur, you have a guy who's going up, you have a reader, you have the Sibur, so it has to be on cue that they don't rush each other. The reader, should not read the Torah Ad Shikhle Amen Pia Sibur. They have to wait until the Sibur finishes answering Amen. That's why we have a custom that the reader himself also says Amen uh, out loud in order that, he, that everybody knows that he's, they're finished, he can start. Then a metargem, the old days used to have a metargem. They used to have a translator. So the translator also wait for his cue. He has to wait for the reader to finish the Pasuk and then he reads his translation. And the reader has to wait for the translator to finish his translation before he goes back to the reading. Okay, the person getting the Maftir. 
But Maftir, he reads the Haftarah. However, you can't just go get an Ali and just read Maftir. It's not Kavot for the Sefer Torah. Therefore, the Halakha suggests to read a few pesukim from the Sefer Torah and to show Kavod to the Sefer, and then he able to uh, read. That's why, if you notice the Haftarah, the Maftir is a repeat. The only repeating three pesukim, three four pesukim, whatever it is, at the end of the Parashah. But we read these pesukim already. You're right. You're not reading it to read it to be your Sefer because she read these words already, and you're reading it as a Kavod. They should start with Torah Shemichtav, the main item, and then you go to the Haftarah. The olden days, they uh, was a process to roll the Sifter. It wasn't like us, but we have a Sifter in the case where you just close it, which would be, I would say that you shouldn't start reading the Berachot of the Haftarah until the Sifter Torah is closed, but that's easy. In the olden days, they used to wrap it up with special type of sheets, Metzpachot they used to call them. These sheets would cover up the writing, and they would wrap it and roll it, so the Gemara is saying over here, according to Rashi, you have to wait till the Sifra is rolled up before you start the Haftarah. Why? This is a Derech Eretz law. So the people that are rolling don't miss the Haftarah. Be, be courteous. Let them finish rolling the Sifra Torah in order that they can hear the Haftarah. Look at that. She says that inside. That she says that. Um, look at that. She Ajitigalil Sifra Torah b'mitpechotav, right with its uh, with its sheets. So the rollers will not be preoccupied that they'll miss the haftarah from this. Let's discuss the menag used to have in the olden days. The menag in the olden days was in some places they didn't have the Aron Kodesh. Uh, in the in the room where they were praying, they would have to sit for Torah in a uh, different place. So what would they do? Uh, before they would uh, bring the sefer Torah into the room where they were praying, they would dress up the teba with different type of uh, mats and rugs and whatever it was to come the sefer Torah. Once they draped, we'll call it the uh, teba, then they would bring the sefer Torah in. Good. Now they read it and all that's fine. Now they have to take the sefer Torah out. So the halacha says that. You're not supposed to uh, take the Sefer Torah and start cleaning up the Teba in front of the Sibur. Why? Because that would represent Torah Sibur. Which means what's supposed to happen is take the Sefer Torah back to its place. Everybody goes home. And let the Shamosh go back to the synagogue and let him clean up the Teba. They didn't want the Teba to be cleaned up with all its uh, nice things when the Sibur was waiting. Because the Torah, the Gemara places great emphasis on Kavod Sibur. Let's read that inside. Look at Rashid Lafshit at Teba Besibur. Kozeman Chesibur Betekeneset. Shayad Darkam Davi Sefer Torah Bebait Ahed. They used to bring a Sefer from a different room. Shemishtamir, but that was protected over there. Betekeneset. Ufur Sim Begadim Naim Savim at Teba. They would drape the Teba with nice clothes and garments. Umanihim Ota Betokam. They put the Sefer Torah in it or on it. When they would leave and they would finish praying, don't undrape the teba. Why? They're going to wait uh, there till they finish. Bring the sevutra back to his room. And leave it. And the people will follow the sevutra. And the Shamosh goes back, Umafshit in Hateba. Good. Amar Bi Tanhum. Amar Bi Yoshim Ben Bi in a Sibur Hashim Latset. 
which means the people should not leave the minyan until the Sefer Torah is put back in its original place. Which means that you shouldn't leave before the Sefer. Shmuel says that you have to wait until it gets to its place. Until it Leaves, which means they're talking about two different stages over here. Which means, according to the first shita over here, you gotta wait until the sifter is actually placed in its position. Shemuel comes along and says, "No, which means um, uh, actually it's even more." According to the first, I'm, I'm saying better. According to the first shita, once they take the sifter in order to bring it out. They took the sifter. They, they're intending to take it to bring it out. Not already even Simul can leave. According to the B, according to Shimon, no, it's not enough that they took it. They got to actually leave, mm-hmm. and then only the Simur can follow the uh, Simur. So comes the Gemara and says, "Velo peligi." It's not a machlok over here. It depends how many doors there are in the synagogue. What is it? Look at that sheet. Let's say the Sifra is going out of door A. Okay, once already they took the Sefer, in order to take it out of door A, the Shibur can leave from door B. Okay, that's the first Shita. That they're able to leave before it even left. So long as they picked up, they're not gonna, you're not going to leave the same door. It wouldn't be respectful to leave the same door. And you go out first before the Sefer Torah. So if there's two doors... You gotta wait. Wait till they lift it up to take it out. Once they lift it up to take it out, the sifra go out A, you go out B. However, as she says, Okay. There's only one door. It wouldn't be kavod, as she says, for you to leave the same door first. And let the Sefer Torah go out first, and then the people follow. Again, today we have a Aron Kodesh. The Lachat does bring down that one should try to remain in the synagogue and not leave, at least until they put the Sefer Torah back into the Aron. Amar Bar Ahina. I'm sorry. Amar Rava. Kama. Bar Ahina Asberali. Bar Ahina explained to me from the following pasuk: which means the pasuk says you have to follow God. What is he trying? To, how do you follow God? Which means you have to follow the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah goes out first, and the people. Well, that's what it means. The pasuk: Okay, well, that was his name, and he explained the logic why the people should not be in front of the Sefer, why they should be. Behind the sefer comes the Gemara and says, "Mizmach, Kohanim Mivarchim Etam." Good. At the time that the Kohanim are blessing the people, Mahen Omrim. What do the people say? Which means it seems that the people would actually have to say certain pesukim at the time of Berkat Kohanim. Why? To show that they're accepting the beraka of the Kohanim. So by saying these pesukim, it shows their willingness to accept the beraka. As she says, to show that the berachot are pleasant. So they would say certain pesukim. So the Gemara says, they would say pesukim that refer to the blessings of God. 
What's the first person they would say? Let the angels, the holy ones of God, the strong ones, those that serve God, let them bless Hashem. Number two, Let those that serve God and are in His legions bless Him. The third person they would say is Barichu Hashem. Kol ma'asav, all his creation should bless God. Bechol mekomot memshalto, barichi nafshi et Hashem. So they would say these pesukim. Now these are uh, actually three pesukim, keneged the three pesukim of the Birkat Kohanim. Let's review these pesukim. We have barichu Hashem alakav geburekoah, that's one pasuk the one. And therefore, one pasuk uh, with one beracha. Now the Gemara is going to discuss exactly when did they would when they would say it. Would they say it after the first pasuk? Would they say it when the name of God is mentioned? We'll wait for the Gemara to say when these pasukim were mentioned. Comes the Gemara and says, Okay, what are you doing on the day that is Musaf? Why? Because it seems they want you to say different pesukim. So these already you said these pesukim in shachrit. So you need you need three new pesukim to recite in musaf. So what are the three new pesukim? Amar of Aser. Shira ma'alod hine barichu et Hashem. Bless God, kol avdei Hashem, all the servants of God. Suye dechem kodesh. Raise your hands. Hu barichu et Hashem. Bless God. Baruch Hashem misiyon. Shochen Yerushalayim, Hallelujah. God is blessed from Sion. Shochen Yerushalayim, Hallelujah. So comes again and says, "Velem aname yibarichicha Hashem misiyon dichtiv." Ah, look at the the the, the, the she. The Gemara's question is, "Baruch Hashem misiyon." Look at the she. Baruch Hashem misiyon. Eno beoto mizmor. This third pasuk that we said, Baruch is not in the mizmor of Shina Ma'alot, in Ebarichu et Hashem. Why don't you finish with the pasuk that's in that chapter? Which means you started off with what Shina Ma'alot. That's the chapter in Tehilim, it's chapter number 134. That Shina Ma'alot, in Ebarichu et Hashem, Kol Avde Hashem. The next pasuk is Su Yidechem Kodesh Ubarichu et Hashem. So the Gemara says you should say the last pasuk. Ibarach Hashem Misiyon. Why are you saying the pasuk of Baruch Hashem Misiyon? Shochen Yerushalayim was in chapter one thirty-five. So comes the Gemara and says, Velema Nami Ibarach Hashem Misiyon Dechti Ba'u Anyana. Amar Yehuda, Beret Rabbi Shmuel Ben Pazi, Metok Shitchim Berukotav Baruch Hu, Mesayim Berukotav Shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Which means, since we're talking about people blessing Borei Olam, giving a blessing, so therefore praising Borei Olam, so we want to give the third pasuk on that same context. Which means the pasuk that the Gemara wanted to say was Baruch Hashem. Uh, we want to discuss over here the blessing of um, Takadosh equal, that what, the Jews are blessing, or giving praise to God, so therefore even though that Pasuk Yibarachah Hashem is in the same chapter 
We don't say it because it's in the wrong direction. That's talking about the Jews being blessed. We want to use Pesukim that talks about the Jews blessing God. Comes again when I continues. So we solve Shahrit. We solve Musaf. What about on a fast day? On a fast day, the Alaka says that in Mincha, you're allowed to say Mirkat Konim. Why don't we say Mirkat Konim in Mincha on a general day? That's why Gavrat Tanit is because of Shikhrut. You're concerned that people might be eating and drinking and they might be inebriated, and therefore Kohen is allowed to make Mirkat Konim if he drank. However, on a fast day, Halakha says since nobody is eating in Minha, specifically Minha Katana, late in the afternoon, it is permissible for the coin to make a coin. So you did it already in Sha'rit. Right? So now the question is, what are you going to do in Minha? Now, uh, the issue of it you have to keep in mind is Minha at a time of a time was a very critical time. The Gibran Ta'id said that's when the Sibur makes introspection to see any Averot that they have in their uh, uh, in their uh, uh, in their situations they make the Shuvah and at that time they cry out to God to ask for forgiveness therefore you're going to notice the three Pesukim that they chose during Minha are different than any other time all the other Pesukim we said are blessing Pesukim these Pesukim of here is more is that we're asking God for forgiveness so you're going to say well why now because it's, it's more the timing and we know that what that the time of Birkat Kwanim is a very opportune time to pray to Borei Olam for different items. For example, when a person has a bad dream, the Alakha says he should pray for nullification of that bad dream during Birkat Kwanim. So you see that time of Birkat Kwanim, the gates of heaven are open. So therefore, on the Minhav Ta'anit, the three Peskim that are going to be chosen are Peskim that talk about asking God for forgiveness. Kamar says, Amar Bar Yaakov. The first pasuk is, God, if we have sins, please forgive us for your sake. The next pasuk, God is the hope of the Jewish people. He redeems them in time of trouble. God, why are you uh, being like a, a stranger in the land that you are not? Uh, paying attention to us. Third pasuk, Why, God, are you making yourself like you're unable to redeem us? And the other pasuk says, God, you are in our midst. And therefore, Do not leave us. So these three pasukim of are talking about the anyan of being accepted. Like we said, comes Gemaran says, what about Ni'ilah and Yom Kippur? Obviously Ni'ilah as well was another tefillah where there was Pirkat Kohanim Amar Mozutra Vamil Matnita Number one Hinek Ichen Yeborach Gaber Yiresh That's right That what? A person uh, will bless his friend He will bless him That is Yiresh Hashem Yeborach Hashem Mishion Oreh Betu Vilushem Kohanim Mechayecha and then the last person banim shalom al Yisrael. Now comes the Gemara and says, Hechan Omran. Where do you say these pesukim? Now we got to go back. Now we have, now we have what you say. When do you say it? Rabbi Yosef Amar ben Kol Beracha Uberacha. Between each pasuk, which means Beracha Shem Ishmerecha. Then they read the first pasuk. Then Yehuda Shepara Vedekonek. They read the second pasuk. Then after Yehuda Shepara Vedekonek, they read the third pasuk. Then Rav Sheshat Amar Be'azkarat Hashem. That each time they mention 
Hashem's name, which means Yibarek Yecha Hashem, they say the first pasuk. Yair Hashem, they say the second pasuk. Yisa Hashem, they say the third pasuk. Look, after the pasuk, or during the Haskara of Kadosh Baruch Hu, comes the Gemara and says, Pedi Gibar Amori Verav Zvit, Had Amar Pesuka Lekabel Pesuka. Some say it's Pesuka Lekabel Pesuka. It's one for one. Which means, forget about when you say it. That we have a mahalukah already. It's either at the end of the pasuk or at the time of when you're saying God's name. Now the question is, how many do you say? So one rabbi says, one, 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 one pasuk for one, uh, one for one. The other shita says, no. That, yeah, three for one. We say all three pasukim each time, at each interval. Now, uh, this will stop over in the Gemara. It's worthy to say one derasha. Uh, the uh, Gemara quoted uh, one of the pasukim over here which is actually from Tehilim Kuf Chaf Chet so the <coughs> chapter says like this Shira Ma'alot Ashrei Kol Yireh Hashem fortunate is the uh, person who fears Hashem Haolech Midrachav that he goes in the ways of God and what are some of the benefits of somebody that has fear of God so David Amelik goes on to list it Yegiya Kapecha Kitochen which means he will benefit from the labor of his hands. Which means he'll go to work, God will give him parnasah, he'll be satiated, ashrecha v'tov lach. He'll be happy in this world, v'tov lo le'olam abba. Ishtecha kegefen poria. His wife will be fruitful, meaning having children like a vine. Biarkete betecha, in the inner chambers of your home. Inner chamber means she'll be modest. Your children are going to be like olive shoots. Which is look at all the benefits of somebody that has fear of God. He's okay, good wife, he's okay, good children. So the next Pasuk says, Behold, for so is blessed the man who fears God. Which means, according to the simple interpretation, Tabir HaMelech is reviewing. Therefore, this is what happens, The man is blessed if he has fear of God. But I once heard from Hakam that he explained this pasuk a little differently. He said, Behold, once you see that all these blessings come from somebody that has fear of has fear, when a person comes to bless his friend, when a person comes to give a berachah to somebody, you know what the berachah should be? Yireh Hashem. You should be God freak. Since that's not the berachah kolelet, that's the berachah that's all encompassing. So when a friend comes along and says, give me a berachah, the best berachah, you can tell him is, just you should have yirat shamayim. Once you're telling him yirat shamayim, what you're really telling him is, panasa, good wife, good wife, everything is included. Once you get to that, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ma Hashem Elohecha Shuel Nehemach. What is God asking for you, from you? Kim Nehira. Once you're ready, you have a Shamaim, all the other things fall into place. Don't go on, hold on.